Hello and welcome to Complete Caribbean, a Travel Pulse podcast all about the world's favorite warm weather destination, the Caribbean. I'm writer, editor, and Caribbean travel expert, Jet Set Sarah. And I'm Brian Major, managing editor here at Travel Pulse. We're happy to have you join us today as we discuss the ins and the outs of Caribbean travel and we share the latest info and intelligence on this wonderfully diverse region. Let's get started. Hello and Happy New Year and welcome to episode 18 of the Complete Caribbean podcast. We are thrilled to have you with us for the first episode of the year. We hope everyone had a healthy and happy holiday season. And now, you know, let's here we go. 2022 is is here. So let's get going and we'll start with this just in. So I'm really happy that for our first podcast of the year, we're going to start off with some good news. Increased airlift for two Caribbean destinations. So you remember that American Airlines inaugurated direct service from Miami to the islands of Dominica and Anguilla, where Brian and I both, you know, were there last last December. Yeah. And at first, the season was supposed to be, the service was supposed to be twice a week. And then this month, it's being increased to three times a week to both destinations. But now we have news that the airline, American Airlines, will be launching daily service to both Dominica and Anguilla beginning in April. Both sets of flights depart Miami early enough that you can be on island by lunchtime. And they return in the afternoon, so you can squeeze in some beach time before you leave for the airport. Now you have seven opportunities every week to discover the nature island of Dominica and its beachy sister, Anguilla, in 2022. Of course, go to American Airlines if you want to know all the details, the fares and the schedule. But I can tell you, I, you know, Brian and I were in Anguilla in December, so I've had a little dose of Anguilla, but I'm ready for another dose of the nature island. Dominica was is the only, in all my years of travel, Dominica is the only Caribbean island that I went to where my flight was delayed and I got there a day later. And so I feel like I'm missing that one day and a bit more. I need to go back to the nature island. What about you, Brian? Oh, the nature island is very special. I'd welcome any chance to go back there. And I hadn't known about that. Wow, you got a little delayed. Yeah, you got a little cheated there. But, you know, I just have to say that the additions of this service is now daily. That's a sign that the, the, the service, the passengers are there. Their airline wouldn't be increasing the service without confidence that they're going to fill those seats and uh, it's just another good sign especially in these times and uh, those two destinations that are so small and haven't had direct service that's great well done no question well done for dominica and for anguilla and uh you know we have to talk a little bit about omicron well you know naturally omicron has impacted caribbean entry protocols and already in 2022 barbados puerto rico saint bart's and the U.S. Virgin Islands have announced and adapted health and safety guidelines. Barbados visitors must now present proof of a negative rapid test result within one day of arrival or a negative test PCR test result obtained three days prior to arrival. Meanwhile, Puerto Rico is closing all businesses with the exclusion of health services, testing sites, laboratories and pharmacies between midnight and 5 a.m through January 18th. Regardless of vaccination status, Puerto Rico visitors arriving on domestic flights, and that includes flights from U.S. cities, must present proof of a negative antigen or PCR test result obtained within 48 hours of arrival. Unvaccinated travelers, including those with a negative test result, must quarantine for seven days following their arrival. The good thing is San Juan's 
Luis Munoz Marin International Airport offers on-site testing from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., seven days a week, and also vaccination access with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine at the airport. Now, beginning this week, domestic visitors to the U.S. Virgin Islands, another Caribbean but U.S. territory, and that includes travelers from U.S. cities, these visitors, regardless of vaccination status, must present proof of a negative antigen or PCR test result within three days of travel to the territory. All domestic travelers ages five or older are required to use the USBI travel screening portal to obtain clearance to enter the territory. St. Bart's also tightened its entry rules. Travelers must now provide proof of a negative test result obtained within 24 hours of travel to the island. However, St. Bart's accepts PCR and antigen tests and at-home tests, which I don't think I've heard of another Caribbean destination accepting those test results. They do accept at-home test results. Now, interesting, while some islands have turned away cruise ships, we haven't heard of any that have closed their borders or stopped accepting visitors or instituted extensive local lockdowns. So you can still travel to the region, folks, but there are changes in protocols. Yeah, it is open. And of course, as we've, we've seen, as the COVID situation changes here and in the islands, of course, the regulations change. You've got to be nimble, you've got to be flexible, and you've got to check the destination's official tourism website before you go and make sure that, you know, you've got all your T's crossed and your I's dotted, right? No question. But you mentioned something about cruising before, and I had a little bit of cruise news that I wanted to share because there are two new cruise lines that are about to set sail. And it's not from the usual suspects. Based right here in Florida, what was previously known as Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line is currently being rebranded. And that's going to launch in April as Margaritaville at Sea, which will basically be the cruise component of Jimmy Buffett, of singer Jimmy Buffett's resort and restaurant empire. The first of the lines refurbished ships will sail two-day cruises from the port of Palm Beach to Grand Bahama, just like the old Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line did. Uh, but these cruise ships have been refurbished and they're going to have Margaritaville branded restaurants and public spaces on board. And then meanwhile, the luxury hotel company Amon is also entering the cruise game. The company has about 30-something resorts throughout the world. And if you know, if you'll be familiar with Amanyara in the Turks and Caicos or Amanera in the DR, those are their two Caribbean properties. But they've just announced that they have commissioned building of a 50-stateroom, 600-foot yacht. So not cruise ship, a yacht, a sailing yacht, very fancy. And that's going to debut in 2025. So we have a little bit of a while yet. Planned amenities we've heard, we've found out about include an Amman spa that is going to have a Japanese garden. There'll be two helipads, two helipads aboard this 600-foot yacht, so you can, you know, helipad in and I guess helicopter out. And there's also going to be similar to what uh, Windstar has now. They'll have a water water sports platform at the back, so that guests have direct access to the water. And we don't have any word yet whether Amman's yacht is or what it's called or whether it's going to sail the Caribbean, but I think it probably will. And I would guess that it will be going to those smaller destinations like the Grenadines, for example, that larger ships can't reach. But the small exclusive destinations seem like they would be a great fit for Amman. What do you think, Brian? I think they will work perfectly. I mean, I love this emerging class of sailing yacht with ultra deluxe amenities, great cuisine, um, helipads <laughs> for mm-hmm. exploration. Seriously, for, ex- for exploring, exploration. And submarines. And submarines on board. 
Submarines, right? Submarines. We have some with submarines. So I mean, this is um, it just shows the broadening of the um, the cruise product and um, and of, of passengers' um, ability to have different experiences. I think it's great. Absolutely. And I think especially the smaller ships, this is their time to shine right now because there are most people, particularly people who have never cruised before, are going to be reluctant to get on a cruise ship with 5,000 other people. But it's an easier sell if it's 150 people, 200 people, you know, 300 people spread out. I think that's a much easier sell, right? That exclusivity is that's a, that's a selling factor today. That is a factor, and again, that's what we've been talking about this episode. This is you have to consider some things now today and taking a vacation, and that's one of them. So that is an advantage. So it's great. Um, you know, when we talk about cruising, uh, you know, I talk about cruising the Caribbean because the Caribbean is number one market for the number one destination for the cruise industry, and it was. Probably the segment, again, that was impacted most by Omicron. It was impacted heavily by COVID-19, just to begin with. We saw countries, including the Bahamas and Curacao, bar ships from docking due to reported onboard cases of COVID-19 due to the Omicron surge. Uh, Barbados made several changes in how it accepts ships and how it accepts passengers based on what happened in Omicron. And I want to just run some of those down because I think they're a model for what happens now with many cruise ports of what will happen. In Barbados, guests must now provide proof, provide proof of a negative test result from a PCR or rapid test taken within 48 hours of arrival to disembark, explore independently, and engage in shore excursions and tours. Cruise passengers with proof of a negative COVID-19 test result obtained within three days of their departure, but outside of the three-day window of arrival into Barbados can disembark, but those guests are restricted to bubble tours organized by their cruise line or by an approved tour or taxi operator. Cruise cruise visitors are required to pre-book tours and present email confirmation from an approved tour operator for pickup at the Bridgetown port or take approved taxis dispatched from secure designated facilities within the port. Cruise guests arriving in Barbados on the day of their departure, which is even more difficult these days, but if you are arriving on the day of your departure, you will be transported through a sanctuary corridor via pre-approved transportation. Guests with a pre-cruise Barbados stay, and this also applies to Bajan people embarking on a cruise, they will be tested locally by local authorities at the Bridgetown Cruise Terminal. There's more. (laughs) Cruise passengers who disembark a ship in Bridgetown with plans to depart the same day will be transferred directly to the airport Depending on their destination, they must be tested by their cruise line as they disembark or prior, just prior to disembarking. That testing may be waived if there's no destination requirement based on where you're going. But since most people are going to the U.S., you're going to have to test. And finally, guests who disembark for a post-cruise stay in Barbados must present proof of a negative COVID test result while prior to disembarking. Disembarking passengers may access testing at the Bridgetown port and proceed to their accommodation to wait for results if their cruise line cannot provide testing. Guests may also get tested at their hotel if testing is available there. And once a negative test is confirmed, visitors can explore the island freely. Here we go. Again, you can cruise to Barbados, but there <laughs> you have to check your category of who you are and what your plan is. And there you go. Some complicated guidelines. Yeah, 
guidelines. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, as you say, I hate to be a broken record, but you just got to check all of these things before you go and be prepared for things to change whilst you're on your vacation, really. Speaking of changes, I do have one more one more item for you, and that's changes to the Tourism Guard in St. Kitts, specifically the naming of a new CEO of the St. Kitts Tourism Authority. This week, Ellison Tommy Thompson takes the reins of the island's tourism. He'll be leading international marketing efforts for the destination with a focus on trade and airline relationships, leisure and cruise markets, earned paid and owned media partnerships, and communication stakeholders, communication with stakeholders. This guy has got a big job. It's a huge task, but the islands of, um, believes that Thompson, who is a 30-year veteran of um, of tourism and was most recently Director General of the Ministry of Tourism in the Bahamas, Sinkins definitely believes that he's up to the task. Of course, as we welcome Tommy, we also send our very best wishes to the outgoing tourism CEO of St. Kitts, Raquel Brown. We don't know where she's going yet, but we have no doubt that it will be somewhere Caribbean and somewhere fabulous. So watch the space because we'll keep you posted. Absolutely. Raquel is a great friend of ours and uh, Tommy Thompson is a familiar name. And uh, if he can handle the Bahamas, he can handle St. Kitts. Uh, they're both... Uh, yeah. Tourism He's running 700, 700 island nation for a two island nation, right? So <laughs> great point. <laughs> That's right. He's reducing his island count significantly by going mm-hmm. uh, to the two to the dual island nation of St. Kitts and, and Nevis. And uh, so congratulations to, to Mr. Thompson. And, um, you know, we've talked a bit about uh, Caribbean ports and the challenges that they've had with Omicron. And uh, in Puerto Rico, that's led to as many as 15 canceled cruise calls. Uh, You know, I talked this past week with Brad Dean, the CEO of Discover Puerto Rico, just to ask if these destinations, Caribbean destinations are still bullish on cruise activity. And he says destinations that handle cruise lines in the Caribbean have been nimble and evolved with the changing environment. He cited advanced entry guidelines and on-island measures that Caribbean destinations, including Puerto Rico, have instituted to safeguard residents and visitors. He says, Mr. Dean says, we are confident as we collectively take these precautions to ensure safety now that cruises will return to San Juan in the future. Now, in the Bahamas, the cruise industry, quote, has made tremendous strides since the shutdown, said Randy Roll, who's a legislator in the Bahamas Tribune. He said this in a Bahamas Tribune interview, pardon me. And since the shutdown, the destination has implemented stringent protocols to keep guests and crew as safe as possible. Cruising, he said, is a critical component to the Bahamas, and they remain optimistic that any impact from Omicron will be minimal. And finally, I talked to Edward John, who is the owner of Massive Travels in New York. He's also an ASA, American Society of Travel Advisors chapter leader for New York. And, uh, you know, I'm asking him, he sells a lot of cruises. I've asked him what the impact has been for his passenger base with Omicron. And he says, I still have people who are coming to me for cruises and who are set to cruise. But certainly they have questions and concerns. And he's telling these folks that, you know, his point of view follows along the lines of ASTA's general recommendation they've made recently to travel agents who are talking with clients about cruises that the incidence of infection online, uh, on ships, even with the surge, is significantly lower than on land. That's a science, you know, how you take that is up to you. And that was Edward's point. Go on the science, go with the facts, 
talk to the people that you're going to be traveling with together and make a decision. And, you know, Sarah and I have made the same point uh, many times on, on the podcast. It is a personal decision of how and when you're going to travel to the Caribbean. Make sure you inform yourself. Yeah, you, you have to travel responsibly. And, you know, I, I tell people, you got to make a plan. You got to <laughs> you got to make a plan and you have to pack your patience because everything's taking a little bit longer. Um, you know, as we've seen, there's staff shortages everywhere and things change all the time. So, you know, if you're going travel responsibly as you can, travel as safely as you can and definitely pack your patience. And I want to make the point also that, you know, we, we're telling, talking about all these guidelines. We're talking about packing your patients, which is all everything Sarah and I have said is accurate. But as Sarah can attest, when you do get there, the experience is that much more rewarding these days. You appreciate the ability to be somewhere else that's beautiful and enjoy all the benefits, all the, all the reasons that we travel. Yeah. And to connect with those people who are, you know, trying to working their hardest to give you the best time. Yeah, absolutely. It's we have a lot of hoops and a lot of hurdles to go through. But of course, with travel, you know, it's always worth it. It's always worth it. Well, as usual, that was a jam packed section. We, we brought you a ton of news for the new year to deal with. But now it's one of the fun, the funnest parts. Funnest. Yes, I'm a writer. The yeah. funnest parts of our broadcast of our podcast, which is that we get to talk to someone from the Caribbean who is in the know. So on we go to Island Intel and our next guest. Well, hey, everybody, we have a, a great segment right now. We have a real treat. We have one of the, the real leaders in Caribbean tourism, especially for travel advisors, but also for tourism officials. All of the people really who who are involved in Caribbean tourism look to Kelly Fontanella Clark and her group, Travel Agents Selling the Caribbean, for the latest information about everything, cruises, uh, hotels, resorts, destinations. Kelly covers it all, and she's a she's a veteran of, uh, of Caribbean travel. So we're blessed to have her with us today. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. And I listen to the two of you all the time, and I think the two of you are the ones who keep the Caribbean, you know, updated. So thank you for what you do. Oh, we're so happy to have you with us, Kelly. I'm Very great. <laughs> thank you so much. Say, Kelly, there's so much going on right now. We know what topic number one is, but let me ask you from your from your uh, from your members, from your, your clients, what are travel advisors most concerned with regarding Caribbean travel right um, now? You know, the last two years was roller coaster, and 2022 has become uh, like almost what 2020 was. So it's it's been really rough. But it we they, they saw um, the light at the end of the tunnel, and then Omicron just came through. And that's one, that's, that's the issue right now. But um, travel advisors, when they, what's, what's going on, one of the things that I think they should, they, they will do or are doing is charging fees right now because most of the clients aren't um, really canceling because they don't want to travel anymore because the Omicron has been so trans, easily transmittable that you find the clients a couple of days before they're supposed to travel or get the test, they, they test positive. Mm -hmm. So that means the travel agents who work so hard on those on those trips and not just the trip that was that that was um, worked on like two weeks ago, but from cancellations of 2020, 2021. So those people have been waiting to travel and now um, you know cancellation because you know they got 
tested um, positive for Omicron. So it's now you have to charge professional fees because when that person cancels all the work you've done for a whole, for uh, maybe a whole year, just goes down the drain. You have to, you know, introduce professional fees for your services. The other thing you have to advise for travel insurance because, you know, cancellation, and you must know the, the hotel's cancellation policy, if you have to reschedule, how to reschedule. So all of that is, you know, what the travel agents have to do now, especially now because of, you know, of Omicron. I mean, obviously, Omicron is having a really sharp impact on the Caribbean. Cruises, itineraries, flight schedules. We've seen all these flights that got closed, right, over the holiday period. Right. And, of course, this is having a domino effect and affecting Caribbean resorts. So how, what are you saying to your agents? About how, are they, how are they trying to handle? What is your advice that you're giving to agents about how they should be handling these ever-changing situations? I mean, they're frustrated because the the... the it, as you said, it's all fluid. It changes rapidly. Thank heaven that no destination have decided to close their borders because that would have been, you know, the end of it. So right. no borders right. are already closed because they realize that we could work without the borders being closed. So that's, you know, that's a good thing. However, the cancellations with the flights, I mean, the last couple of weeks, there were so many flight cancellations that people were stuck either not able to travel on that honeymoon they've been planning for, or they got stuck in, you know, on a destination. So travel mm-hmm. agents have now have to instill into the clients, you must have a backup plan when you travel. Right. Get That's through, right. have a backup plan where, you know, let the nanny know, you know, you may have to stay an extra week to keep the baby because, you know, <laughs> I don't, yes, I don't get back. And then you, you have to have that travel insurance. Um, and then extra cash because you the hotel may charge you to stay the extra days that you have to stay or they may not. So all of those things, your work, you know, you have to let your comp- your, your job know that you've been on vacation and you may or may not come back on time because what if, you know, what if I right. am as positive? Yeah. It's like now the travel agent does not have to be just a travel agent, but also a counselor because you have to, you know, <laughs> remind them of so much, you know, um, yeah. so much that more that they have to do because traveling right now, is not like you were able to before to the Caribbean. It's not, you cannot do those last minute trips last minute is no longer available because there is so much preparation before during and then on the return as well and on the return is one of those things that you know, everybody's afraid of like what if i test positive you know right. and, and yeah so you have to let your clients know be prepared be prepared and this is what can happen you know you test positive you have to stay so make sure you you let family and friends know that in case this happens, I want you to do this, this, and that. Bring extra medication. Yes. You know, what if you, know, what if you get stuck and then you only brought the meds for the five days you were going to be there and then you have to be there for an additional 10 days. You know, bring that extra medication. So again, you have to be a counselor as well and not just a travel agent. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, it seems like agents are really earning their money. They <laughs> are. They Those are, professional and fees are, are worth it. Right. Professional, right? <laughs> and that's why they have to put, because imagine you work so hard on a trip and then it's canceled and you know you get your your commission after the person has traveled. So this person cancel or something happens. This means that, you know, a whole six months of work gone down the drain. So those professional fees help when the commission doesn't really happen. 
Understood. I was going. I think you've answered like my next question, uh, uh, Kelly. What's your best advice for consumers planning to travel? And having a game plan is definitely what you want to do. But also, I wanted to kind of think about you know what are the what are the are there particular travel choices, Caribbean travel destinations and choices based on your ability to get there and get in and out easily, islands or forms of travel, cruises versus land, all-inclusive versus not, that you are rec- that you think advisors and agents can recommend on that basis. I think the, for the English... Like, go to Puerto Rico, don't go to X. Puerto, yeah, for the English-speaking Caribbean, most of them you have to do a test, uh, a PCR test a couple of days before. Mexico, you know, you don't do testing, so the, the DR. So the DR is one of the easiest places to really travel to. And um, But the other destinations, I think you feel safer because you have to go with a negative test, and there are so many things in place to keep you safe while there as well. And also the hotels are helping, like if you, some hotels I know, like Calabasco, if you test positive while you are on property, you know, you get the, the hotel room for free. You may have to pay for your meals, but at least you get to stay in the hotel until you test negative to travel again. So some of, you know, so the travel advisors will have to look at all of those things, see who has the best policies, who takes care of the clients the best while they're there. There are some properties in some, in some areas where they have a policy in place, but they change it on a whim. Like, I thought you said I didn't have to pay if I tested positive. And then while you're there, you're like, no. Well, that changed yesterday. So right. you know you have to have you have to know all of those things, yeah, and and be aware that this could happen. So some of the destinations that are making it easy for you is those that you know ask for travel insurance that you must have health insurance, and you might think it's costly, but when it comes to you getting sick or you coming back to the U.S. or Canada, you know you taken care of because you have additional health insurance if you have to get bagged by an ambulance that, you know, your insurance will cover that. So some those are some of the things that you have to look at with the destinations um, before you even recommend it to your clients because you have to take care of them. You have to make sure that they will be taken care of as well while they are in the destination. And that's, I mean, that's something that even I, um, as a professional traveler, are considering because I am going back to the um, the Grand to with the Cayman Islands, which, as you know, have been closed pretty much um, for the whole pandemic, they only opened, I think, November 20th. And given how Omicron, or as my friends are calling it, Omarosa and Omarion. <laughs> I like Omarosa. Omarion. <laughs> yes. So given how contagious it is, and, you know, there's rigorous testing before you go to the Cayman Islands, I think I will end up taking something like four tests in the seven days I'm there. But, you know, I have had to consider, wait a minute, hold on, suppose one of these tests comes back positive. You know, yes, it's a work trip, so I don't have to worry about you know, I don't have to worry about missing work that week, but I need to be somewhere else the following week. You know, what will happen if I unfortunately test test positive? It's definitely something we, Brian and I have been saying it for the last few weeks. You really have to think about not just where do I want to vacation, but where can I afford to and where will I be happy quarantining if I have to? Exactly. And then that's one of the reasons why we find that the travel advisors have been complaining because they get cancellations because the clients think about that. What What if I test positive? What's going to happen to my kids? Or what's going to happen to school? So they cancel or reschedule because of that as well, because it's the what if, you know, yes. what if, and they don't know what what's happening, you know, what will happen in those destinations. So that's one of the reasons why um, the travel advisors, you know, they have to 
puts a professional fee so they don't always lose, you know, um, all the money, all the resources and the time they put and the effort they put into booking, creating those trips for the clients. And let me ask you a quick question about that fee, Kelly. Is it a percentage of, you know, for people who don't know and aren't used to paying a travel agent for their services, what sort of money are we looking at for the professional fees? Is it a percentage of the vacation or a flat fee? Some agents have a flat fee. I know couple have like $99 per person, so, you know, just a flat fee. And sometimes it's a percentage of the total um, the total trip as well. But most of them will like, before I even start planning, this is my fee per person just to start the process going. Okay, that seems reasonable. Yeah, and it's, it's, not, it's not very expensive, but it's, 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 a, it's a flat fee. And then, I mean, the agent is with you from beginning to the end especially when now with all of the flight cancellations they can reroute you to via another you know another way to get to your destination if the flight can't you know they they still work with you until the end of your trip until you get back home yeah that's invaluable yeah these days we're we're, we're beginning to sound like a broken record about how important it is to have a travel advisor now again it's been it's become that much more important to be using the services and to have the tie to the travel advisor Kelly, but to, to kind of wrap up, how do you how do you think the advisors are handling this? Because when I look at your site, you know, I see plenty of concern, obviously, about Omicron and the situation. But I also see some basic questions that you would get like any time. Like I have a client who wants to make sure they have a bubble bath sauna or whatever, you know, and that kind of thing. So um, what how do you think they're handling all of this? One of the things I noticed and I'm, I'm glad you asked that is that because of the pandemic when it started we found more agents are now in the caribbean since europe was closed so you have all of those new agents who never saw the caribbean are not very familiar with the resorts so they come to the task page to get to know okay i mean the questions may look like they don't know that but because they've never saw the caribbean before they normally saw europe and now they're coming to see like okay let me ex- let me expand my horizon and they have clients who want to go to the caribbean it's closer to the u.s closer to canada and so much less restrictions like in the uk so you find some of those agents are asking some simple questions because they don't know and task comes into place where you find the agent community will assist the travel you know the one asking the question because you know, they don't know, but you have that big platform with over 9,000 agents, you know, helping each other out. So and, help, and not just helping each other, but I have to say, and Brian, I know will agree that, you know, it's also a great resource for us as travel professionals, as travel journalists, because it's, first of all, it's good to know, to get a beat on what travel agents are thinking, but what are their customers asking them? What are the most popular destinations? What are the issues they are having? So, I mean, this Facebook group, honestly, if you're not on it, you should be on it. Travel agents selling the Caribbean. And before- well, it is you, invitation only, so, you know- yeah. I Oh, oh, right. It's so up to nice. Kelly, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, if you were involved in selling Caribbean travel or, or involved in travel you will soon be a part of this group or are a part of it so absolutely kelly before we let you go i have one question to ask you we can hear from your accent that you are from the caribbean and i know we are st lucian so maybe maybe we know where you're going to say but we have to ask when the time is right and you're you travel again where will you be going in the caribbean where's it going to be for be your first stop well, actually, I was supposed to be in Antigua, but that trip we had to reschedule. So I think my next trip I, we scheduled for the end of February will be Antigua um, to see the Elite Island Resort properties because they did some upgrading, some changes during okay. you know the closure. So most likely Antigua. And, you know, 
It's so close to St. Lucia. I could always yeah. keep over for a couple of yeah. nights. I think you could, right? You yeah. could always go home. Yeah, I could take a couple of nights to go home um, to um, to visit family and friends. So, yeah. So, it's Antigua and St. Lucia. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed that everything goes smoothly, that you, you don't have to postpone again. We thank you so, so much for giving us your time today. It's so valuable. And I know that the information that you've given to our audience is really, really valuable. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. We'll see you soon on an island, right, Brian? No, yeah. Hopefully, (laughs) with no issues, drinking some nice rum and coke, okay? Yes. I'll take a punch, please. Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have this week, but we're so happy that you join us. We thank our guest, Kelly Fontenelle-Clark from Travel Agents Selling the Caribbean Facebook group for giving us such great information. I know we're going to use it as we plan our own trips. Um, if you like the podcast, which hopefully you do, we hope you will like it and you will subscribe and you will tell your friends and spread the word that uh, Complete Caribbean should be your resource if you're thinking about going somewhere warm and you should be. We'll see you next time on Complete Caribbean. It's goodbye from me, Sarah, and... Bye-bye, everyone, from Brian. 